it's a power trip, like that dude said. That's what it is. It's total power trip. Contributor Daniel Drinzer called it a giant nothing burger. Critics piled on the members of Congress on social media and picked apart every word of it. And so the courageous progressive lions at the CPC stuck to their guns and LOL, just kidding. Caucus leader Pramila Jayapal offered a correction before ultimately retracting the letter the next day. It was a pathetic move that led Tulsi Gabbard to say this completely unimpeachably true statement on Tucker Carlson last week. These so-called progressives did a very simple thing that apparently uh, can appear to be brave in Washington these days. In that letter to President Biden, they just told the truth about how this ongoing proxy war with Russia is increasing in cost and consequences, both on the Ukrainian people, but also the American people here at home and how it's negatively impacting gas prices, increasing inflation and so on. Uh, you know, th these progressives in the letter, they didn't say stop sending aid to Ukraine now. All they said was, hey, President Biden, engage in diplomacy. Uh, and the response they got, of course, from the warmongers who control the Democrat Party in Washington was to immediately be smashed to pieces, so much so that these Democrat members of Congress cowered in the corner with fear and now have gone so far out of their way, apologizing profusely for having the audacity to call for diplomacy in this war that's putting us all at risk. And now they're, they've actually gone 180 degrees in the opposite direction. They're now trying to prove how much of a, a warmongers they too are by saying, no, don't engage in diplomacy. We don't want you to do that. Uh, th this is exactly, Tucker, one of the main reasons I left the Democrat Party. They are completely controlled by these warmongers in Washington. They don't really care about the Ukrainian people. Otherwise, they would have engaged in diplomacy many, many months ago. Now, I certainly disagree with Tulsi on plenty of things, but in, in that clip, I saw no lie. And because I respect Joe Serencioni and am confident enough in my views and my intellect to engage with people who disagree with me, I invited him onto my podcast to discuss it with me. Here's how he responded to the Tulsi clip when I played it for him. If you really believed, like I do, and have been arguing for weeks, that Democrats are setting Tulsi up to make that exact argument. Okay. I can't be mad at Tulsi. Tulsi didn't say a single untrue thing. <gasps> are I'm you sorry. kidding me? It's one lie after the other. What are name, you talking about? Warmongers. Warmongers. The Democratic Party is controlled oh, no, by sorry. warmongers? We're leftists. We obviously know and believe that the Democratic Party is controlled by warmongers. We, the, the, the deep state knows no D or our party affiliation. Wait, this, this is this is like she not even, even a controversial the, statement. She even lies the whole point about of the why name we of the loved party. Bernie Sanders because of the Democrat. He had a, an issue with her calling the the Democrat Party like that was the real central concern here on the hearts and minds of Americans. Now, look, the interview was tough but cordial. We ended very warmly and on good terms. However, the next day on Twitter, Joe decided that he wasn't a fan of how people responded to his own words. And he accused me of, quote, weaponizing clips of him talking in our interview to, quote, attack him. He even threatened to abandon Twitter, opining that, quote, Musk's control will make it even worse. Moreover, he said that I, quote, encourage supporters to post hundreds of insults and smears without correction. Now, I sincerely regret that he feels that way. I really did enjoy talking to Joe both times he came on my podcast. But here's the hard truth. 
those insults and smears weren't encouraged by me. They were totally organic. People just hated his take. And here's why. Joe engaged in uncritical support for Pramila Jayapal, whom he described as a, quote, great progressive leader, even though she bungled the $15 minimum wage, the Nina Turner endorsement, and the Build Back Better bifurcation. He described Zelensky as, quote, one of the greatest leaders we've seen in a long time, and many of his comments came off as canned and almost jingoistic. He accepted the CPC's narrative that the letter was a staff mistake, and even though Representative Ro Khanna has publicly rejected that claim and stood by the letter, and even though blaming subordinates reflects incredibly poorly on leadership, he kept doing so. But most importantly, Joe struggled to answer one fundamental question. What assurances are there that U.S. aid is motivated by a humanitarian drive toward peace rather than military adventurism, especially after it was reported back in May that then Prime Minister Boris Johnson undermined peace talks? Given the United States actions in Libya, where thanks to NATO intervention, there are now slave markets, Afghanistan, which we occupied for 20 years, and Iraq, which we invaded on false pretenses and killed a million people, I think it's a reasonable question. Russia has violated international law by invading Ukraine. But given America's past behavior, what assurances can experts like Joe give us that the U.S.'s role here isn't pretextual? That was my only question. And I think it's a particularly necessary question, given that America regularly ignores humanitarian causes like the genocide in Rwanda or Bosnia. And since our own president Man. and State Department officials keep saying that their goal is to weaken Russia, a goal that is not quite the same as protecting Ukrainian people or its borders. Mm. Here's how I put it to Joe. They're stealing Ukrainian children. 500 just Joe. yesterday were shipped to Russia. And you and this is why we should be supporting them. We cannot allow this kind of evil to go unchecked just on a basic Joe. moral reason. I mean, don't you agree with that? I, I'm sorry, I don't. And here's okay, why. why. Why? There are gangs that have overtaken Haiti. There is a cholera pandemic that was started by the UN. UN members raped Haitians. A third of Pakistan was underwater. Should we go, due to the climate crisis, should we go and invade China because Uyghurs are in concentration camps? Tell me, tell me, articulate. This is the question that I asked Matt Dust when this war first started. Until you can articulate to me what the rationale is behind where America intervenes and where it doesn't, and give me some kind of moral accounting that makes me believe that it's actually about moral commitments and realizing how much of our money and our resources in the richest country in the world can go to saving lives and increasing the quality of life for the most people, as opposed to a, a strategic military intervention mm -hmm. for territory, resources, and political control. If you can articulate to me why this is truly the most deserving humanitarian case on the planet, as opposed to a continuation of these Cold War policies, we want our economic system, our oppressive, by the way, economic system to maintain global dominance, then I can start to entertain a conversation about what our intervention should be, how long, and how much. Now, you can watch a free 30-minute clip of that interview over at the Bad Faith YouTube channel or subscribe on Patreon to watch the whole thing. But for now, you'll have to trust me when I say I never offered a satisfactory explanation, at least not in my view. As you heard, he attempted to use abuses against children and emotional ploys so common and trite that it's literally a meme to shame me into dropping my legitimate concerns. And although many blue checks are at this very moment accusing me of rolling my eyes at genocide, 
I was, in fact, rolling my eyes at Joe using such a cliched argument to avoid the fundamental question. Why save these women, these children, but not these ones? Now, it's worth noting that some fact checkers have disputed Joe's account of kidnapped Ukrainian children. But even if we accept it on its face, as I did in the interview, and as much as my heart aches for human suffering everywhere, a humanitarian crisis in Ukraine does not get to the question of why and to what extent America should play the world's policeman. And if it does adopt the role as a global cop, why are we only choosing to police certain neighborhoods? 2.2. Oh my gosh. She blew that out of the park. Talk about art very well articulated. OMG. Like, <laughs> who could have said it better? I haven't heard that articulated that well ever before. So this has kind of got the uh, tweet uh, on fire a bit because that guy that she interviewed, he's pissed and he was tweeting and it was a lot of tweeting about that. <clears throat> Let me read a couple of this guy tweet. He says, wow, the NAFO folks sure came out in droves over this. I can't imagine how much of this Brianna Joy Gray must be dealing with. What an incredible sad indictment on our discourse that these straw man attacks all these straw man attacks are all people have. India's Minister of Petroleum and Natural Gas. India has certainly so, and welcome to the show, been benefiting from...